Welcome to the Health Leaders Women in Healthcare Leadership Podcast. I'm Melanie Blackman, Strategy Editor and Podcast Host for Health Leaders. My guest for today's episode is Kim Mikes, CEO of Hogue Orthopedic Institute in Irvine, California. Kim is a third consecutive woman to lead the orthopedic specialty hospital and has a background serving as chief operating officer and chief nursing officer for the organization. During today's conversation, Kim talks about the history of Hogue Orthopedic Institute, the benefits of physician-owned models, how her background has helped her become a fluid leader, and offers advice for future leaders. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for inviting me to participate on the podcast. I appreciate it. I think what you do is very important and exciting. Oh, I really appreciate that. So actually, to get us started, would you mind sharing a little bit about your healthcare background and how you became CEO of Hogue Orthopedic Institute? Yes, my uh, my background, I actually... I am an OR nurse at heart. People still, um, when they ask me what I do, I tell them and I'm, I'm an OR nurse. I started my career in the operating room. Now being the CEO of an orthopedic and spine specialty surgical hospital um, is extremely beneficial. I absolutely, I understand the business to its core. I know everything that goes on in this organization, clear down to the sterile processing. So I started my career in the operating room uh, doing primarily spine and orthopedic procedures. I was at a level two trauma center, knew how to scrub cases, if you will, circulate cases, and then later went on to a couple of other positions where I was the OR director. So overseeing the entire perioperative phase of care for patients, including the pre-op and recovery phases. Within a year of my becoming an OR nurse, I started overseeing the neuro service and the orthopedic service at the hospital I was at. So quickly moved into something of a leadership position. After that, I also uh, worked for the, the largest uh, neurosurgical and neuroclinic or physician group in the country for just for a year. But I think that that also helps me in my current position because I'm in a physician-owned facility to understand what happens in the clinic as well. I was the clinical administrator at a big neuro group. And then after coming to Hogue Hospital in 2008, there I oversaw departments like the same day surgery department, GI lab, and then for five years, a big diversion, women's health. So I, I was the executive director for women's health for Hogue prior to coming to Hogue Orthopedic Institute. And in that role, I think that that actually rounded out my career a little better because, you know, in that particular role, Women's health is almost like its own small hospital at Hoke Hospital. You have an emergency department and critical care and, you know, procedural things, as well as inpatient units. And that is one of the things that I had not overseen prior. Then in 2016, I came to Hoke Orthopedic Institute as the chief nursing officer and chief operating officer. And so acted in that capacity, getting to know all the physicians, the staff. Again, feeling like I had come back home because of the orthopedic and spine specialty and have been here since. And then when our prior CEO uh, elected to leave last year, I was moved into that role. So 
I, I feel like in many ways that my career has been tailored to be right where I am right now. And I couldn't feel more fortunate to be in this role, but I also feel very prepared to be in this role. Well, and one fun fact is that you're actually the third consecutive woman to lead the organization. Is that correct? That is correct. I think that says so much. We may talk a little more later about how this, this organization was formed, but it is and was formed by a group, you know, many male physician uh, leaders, and they are physician leaders. And I think it is an absolute tribute to them that they have since the very beginning, since 2010, the inception of this organization, they have chosen women to lead the organization. I'm the third CEO and the second COO, CNO. So I think it just says a lot about them and about how they approach um, the organization and the team as it is. They're very open-minded and uh, respectful, and it, it's a wonderful place to work. Well, and so, as you said, Hogue Orthopedic Institute was developed in 2010, and that was through a joint venture between Hogue Memorial Hospital Presbyterian and a group of orthopedic and spine doctors in Orange County. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how Hogue Orthopedic Institute operates under this joint venture. We had two large orthopedic groups here in Orange County, both of whom had already ventured into the ambulatory surgery center arena. They both had successful surgery centers that they were operating independently. One was actually associated with St. Joseph Hospital, part of the Providence system, and one was with Hogue Hospital. So these physician leaders came to competitive, they were competitors at the time, came together because they so believed in this specialty model because they saw the outcomes and the efficiencies and the value they were able to provide through the um, specialization of orthopedics only through those ASCs that they wanted to replicate that in a hospital. So they went to the CEO of Hogue Hospital at the time, Richard Afable, and proposed this joint venture. He was enough of a visionary to realize that this made sense for all of the reasons that the, the surgeons brought to them. Basically, the fact that specialization leads to great outcomes and value and efficiency. So he was willing to embark on that journey with them. And then that's where they found this hospital in Irvine that was being you know, let go by another healthcare organization and came together with them, with the two groups, to form this in 2010. So the way that it works is we have an independent board and, and you know, independent, we make decisions independently. We have home board members on our board, but we are separately licensed specialty hospital. We are an orthopedic and spine specialty hospital. That is one of the things that I'm uh, so passionate about here because the advantages and benefits to patients in coming to a specialty hospital are immense. Every single individual who works here is an expert because they focus exclusively on orthopedics and spine. In a general acute care hospital, no matter how good, patients come in and their nurses are generalists, if you will, even if they're really good generalists. Here, every single person is a specialist and an expert. And so we're unique in that position we're the only hospital in the region that can make that claim and can make the statement that we are solely focused on orthopedics and spine. We have, you know, 
specialized protocols for you know different procedures we have navigators who take people through the process we have not only a hospital with 70 beds and nine operating rooms but we also have four ambulatory surgery centers three of them in orange county and one in la county the other thing is that it has allowed us to develop what we call our signature experience. For us, the patient is always at the center of our care. And so we have a very, what I would consider, unique and personalized approach to our patients so that they know that we're here to make sure that they get back to doing what they love. Our mantra is, we get you back to you. No one goes to have their hip replaced or their knee replaced or their back worked on unless the pain that they have is impeding what they love to do and what they want to do in their personal lives. So everything that we do is getting people back to doing what they love. We also have a research and education foundation. Everything that we do is data-driven. When we make changes to clinical protocols, it's based on data that we've collected, whether it has to do with a certain type of nerve block to maintain pain management, or whether it is use of certain medications that have to do with inflammation, whatever it is. We use data to make decisions. And even though we're only 10 years old, we really have a, a wonderful reputation in the orthopedic world. We actually do more total joint procedures than any other organization west of the Mississippi whole west part of the country, we do more total joints than anyone. We um, actually do more spine procedures than anyone in Orange County. And our spine patient base is actually growing. We are currently working on adding capabilities to take care of higher acuity patients. It used to be that our criteria were somewhat limited because we don't have an ICU but we're putting protocols in place to make sure that we can take care of virtually any spine or orthopedic patient. What are the benefits of physician-owned models when it comes to ambulatory surgery centers in specialty hospitals? And how has this model worked in favor for Hogue Orthopedic Institute and its patient experience? I am a firm believer in, in the specialty part of the hospital where you can get the specialty aspect where patients get expertise across the board. The physician-owned part adds another level of quality because when physicians are owners, like any business owner, any small business owner, they are absolutely invested in the highest possible quality and value that they can provide. And when decisions are made here at this hospital, they are multidisciplinary in nature. The physicians participate in all of our committees. Anytime major decisions are made, they are part of the process. And quality and value are always first and foremost. Patient is at the center of every single decision we make. Some people think that perhaps a physician-owned facility lends itself to decisions being made only about money. That has not been my experience at all, having worked in two of these facilities, because the physicians who enter into these sorts of arrangements understand very well that if you provide high quality patient care and value to the payers and the patients, you will always come out on top. 
and that is how they think about everything. It always is, what's the best thing for the patient? How are they going to have the best outcomes? And, and that's the way we do things, and that's the way decisions are made. And when you have a physician-owned facility, you also have the ability to make changes quickly and to get everyone on board quickly. Not every physician who works at Hope Orthopedic Institute is an owner. Some are, some aren't. But the peer accountability among the physicians is phenomenal. For example, there's a lot of concern right now about narcotics and overuse of narcotics. So if there's a decision made about reducing the number of narcotics that are you know, used and opiates and to try to find other um, non-narcotic options for pain medication, they will hold each other accountable for um, following those protocols. Now, always physicians have some discretion in what they need to do based on the patient, but, the, but they don't allow flagrant abuse, if you will, or people to go too rogue. They hold each other accountable. It makes it easier. You know, my job's easier because they help to hold each other accountable and keep us all moving in the right direction. It seems like that type of model has really, really strong like collaboration and teamwork, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. It does. You know, the other thing that is extraordinary about the about Hogarth Institute is the great respect that the physicians have for the entire team. They absolutely value and respect every single team member, the surgical techs, the people who are cleaning the instruments, everyone. We have a very, I guess you might say, flat sort of organizational structure, and everyone on the team has a say and is and feels empowered to speak up when they see opportunities for improvement or if they see something that they have concerns about, and their and their opinion matters. And the physicians understand how important they are to making sure that patients have the best possible outcomes. And, and we are very multidisciplinary. When we make decisions, we have frontline staff at the table, we have physicians, we have the physical therapists, we have the case managers, we have everyone there. Because it's important to understand how decisions affect each and every one on the team. No, that absolutely makes sense. Well, let's circle back and talk about you. So how would you describe your leadership style and how is your background as an OR nurse and, you know, serving as a COO and CNO help define it? I did neglect to mention one thing about my background uh, that I think is an important piece of it. And I didn't mention it earlier. About five years ago, I did, uh, actually a little more than that, probably seven years ago, I went back to UCI to get my MBA. I, th I think there's value in being able to look at a situation or an issue from both a clinical standpoint as well as a financial standpoint. And there's great benefit in having both of those perspectives when you're making decisions. Obviously, as I mentioned, we always, quality always comes first, but you always have to make sure the value is part of the equation. So I do also have an MBA and it's a healthcare focused MBA. And I would say that the nursing part of me always keeps the patient at the focus of every single decision that we're making. So from a leadership perspective, we always say, what's best for the patient? What do we need to do for the patient? And as far as leadership styles goes, I tend to try to involve the leaders and the staff 
in the decisions primarily by making sure they understand where we're going. So I would say that it's, I'm not good at necessarily defining because I think I changed my leadership style based upon the situation and the individuals that I'm dealing with. But primarily I would say it might be transformational in that I, I try to talk about where we're going and then open it up to how are we going to get there and, you know, to get the ideas about how we can get there. I will say that there are times, and I think that anyone in a leadership position uh, will say that sometimes you just have to make decisions because somebody has to make the decision and you don't have time to, to follow this more democratic, if you will, process or more inclusive process or collaborative. So I think some of the worst leaders I've worked with are ones who aren't willing to make decisions. Because sometimes there's, you don't know what the right decision is. And so you just have to make a decision and then you have to be willing to change and be flexible after that. So I won't say that it's a, you know, that my leadership style is purely transformational or collaborative, but because there are times when I just make a decision and then, and then when I do have to do that, what's most important is the communication to follow. You decide, you have, this is something we have to decide today, particularly in this recent climate of the pandemic. There have been times when we've had to reverse course, make major decisions that happen just overnight. And so the decision gets made. And so if, if that happens, that you have to make a decision immediately like that, you just have to over communicate because once people understand the why, they're more than happy to accept that the decision had to be made and then you move along. And then again, you can, you know, maybe if that was the wrong decision, you change it. As long as people know that they have a say in what's going, it all works out. But they have to understand the why and where you're going. And then typically everything goes well. Oh, that makes sense. And then what advice do you have for women and others who want to serve in leadership roles in the healthcare sector? I think many women, not all, of course, uh, but many women who end up in a leadership position in healthcare sector came up through the clinical path. I think uh, in my mind, I think it was an important step for me to get that business background and add the business to my background to be able to, again, look at things in a more holistic way. It also, sometimes I believe that it helps you to get credibility, if you will, from the CFOs in the world and the other people who who sometimes don't as much want to listen to the clinical people because they think they may know better. So if you can talk about things from both sides of the table, the, the financial as well as the clinical, then you, know, no, you just get credibility on both sides. For example, if, if I was only financial, I would not have as much credibility with the physicians I work with because I, can, I know what they're talking about exactly when they tell me, that a certain instrument isn't working the way they need it to, and they're going to need this or that. Or, or I also know when they tell me they need some fancy piece of equipment and why they need it, I know that that might not be a good enough reason because I know what they, and I know there might be alternatives. On the other hand, on the financial side, if I didn't have some of the, that background, I wouldn't have as much credibility maybe with the board or with some of with the financial people. So I think that it's important to, to try to round out your background. It is important to understand that it's hard work. If you're going to get to a position of 
high accountability, you have to be accountable. You really have to be accountable for everything that happens under your direction. Because, you know, if you're not willing to take accountability and own what happens, even from all of your direct reports, you know, again, you're, you probably might, it might not work out for you. No, that's excellent advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, Kim, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and and sharing your expertise on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about HOI again, Whole Growth Orthopedic Institute. I'm excited about our future and you know what we have coming up. And thank you listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Women in Healthcare Leadership podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of your patients and each other.